This is Larry Bertrand with another lesson in the Explore the Bible series. We are in the third lesson on Jeremiah, scheduled for June 18th, 2023. True worship is carried out through godly living. Great theme for today's lesson. We're looking at Jeremiah 17, verses 1 through 15. The key verse is verse 23 of chapter 7. But God gave them this command, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, That is that it may go well with you. So as we look at verses 1 through 15 of Jeremiah 7, we'll see that God's message to the people uh, through Jeremiah made such a strong connection between worship and obedient living. We'll focus on the difference between busyness of religious activity and actions of sincere heart commitment to God. We'll also evaluate ways we can connect to godly living with true worship in our own daily lives. So as we look at the background of chapter 7, verses 1, all the way to chapter 10, verse 25, we'll see that God called Jeremiah to stand in the gate of the Lord's house and to preach to the people. Jeremiah warned God's people not to trust in empty words, but in faithful action. Did no good for them to proclaim God's salvation in the house uh, on holy days if they were just going to ignore him the rest of the time. God warned that he would make Jerusalem like Shiloh and a former Israel Israelite worship center that had been destroyed. We'll see that later in our lesson. The Lord also instructed Jeremiah not to pray For the people, he warned his people to demonstrate faith through obedience, but they did not. The Lord denounced Judah's wickedness and warned a great day of judgment and slaughter was coming. The Lord lamented that the people continued to turn away, that Judah's leaders who falsely promised peace to the people would would experience his wrath. Uh, Jeremiah confessed his personal sorrow as he anticipated Judah's coming exile in chapter 8. In fact, he actually wept over his people. The Lord promised even more mourning as Judah's cities would become desolate. Jeremiah wondered if anyone 
was wise enough to understand the reason for their calamity. Judah had many proud people, but Jeremiah urged them to boast in the Lord rather than in themselves. Jeremiah's, Jeremiah contrasted false gods with the one true God. He said people worshipped worthless idols while the Lord reigned as king of the nations. No idol could compare, Jeremiah said. Judah's foolishness would soon, though, uh, would soon end, though, because God would show himself supreme over all. Jeremiah experienced great mental anguish because the people did not listen to him. He asked the Lord to keep him faithful, even as God judged those nations that opposed him. So as we begin to think about today's lesson, think of things that go together. Things like salt and pepper, peanut butter and jelly, socks and shoes, hammer and a nail, bread and butter, all kinds of things go together. So for the believer, true worship and obedient living are two things that must go together. We must worship in truth and obey the Lord our God. So what would you include in a list of reasons people go to church today? What, what makes participating in church services more appealing to many people than living according to God's word? In today's study, Jeremiah delivered God's message to the people, calling them to obedient living and to true worship. So let's see how those two things are connected in Jeremiah's words to the people. So if we look at chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, as I read, listen for where and how God told Jeremiah to deliver his message. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. So what's the difference between simply hearing a person and listening to a person? What did Jeremiah mean by worship? He desired that they would better understand the difference between hearing and listening. Worship would be focusing on God and who he is and what he can do in their life. And he wanted them to understand uh, what he meant by worship. So looking at notes in the ESV study Bible, verses 1 and 2, Jeremiah 
takes God's message to the temple. He goes public, if you will. This sermon is undated, but may have been during Jehoiakim's reign in 605 to 598 B.C. What's the significance of God telling Jeremiah to deliver this message to the people as they were entering the gates of the temple to worship? So I want to emphasize that the people at the temple gate would have been coming for one reason and one reason only, to to worship God. And God understood that the people considered themselves religious. That's who they thought they were. We are religious people. And thought that they were doing all the right things. So I want to highlight the fact that Jeremiah's message painted a much different picture of the people's spirituality. Jeremiah delivered God's message for all the people to hear. It was not meant to be just a casual hearing or a casual listening. He wanted to get their attention. Uh, and he wanted them to follow his message with godly action. So we look at the next section, verses 3 through 8, chapter 7. As I read, listen for how God described the way genuine obedience to him should be reflected in how we treat other people. Verse 3, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. And if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. So note, uh, the temple had become something of an idol to the people. They, they worshipped the place more than they came to the place to worship. They were trusting the place instead of trusting the person who gave the place meaning and purpose instead of trusting in God. So let me remind you that even good things can create problems when viewed with an improper perspective. Again, looking in the ESV study Bible at the notes, uh, though the Israelites come to worship, they must amend or they must make good their 
pattern of life. Uh, such change was necessary if the Lord was going to dwell in this place, in this promised land. In verse 4, we see deceptive words either taught by false prophets or derived from misunderstanding of Scripture. Uh, they had misunderstanding what the meaning of the temple was. Apparently, Israelites either believed the temple would never be destroyed or they thought swearing by the temple kept them safe. It was a kind of a safe haven for them. In verse 5, we see the fact true, not deceptive words was what Israel should amend uh, or make part of their deeds by executing justice, right and fair decisions among the people. Verse 6 refers to the sojourners. These are resident aliens living in Judah. And so he refers also to the fatherless. They were fatherless either through death or desertion or irresponsible sexual acts. He talks about the widows, even though uh, either through death or desertion again. These three groups lack social protection and are uh, afforded special care according to God. Uh, she, he said, do not shed innocent blood or gain revenge. Do not produce harm uh, or disaster on their perpetrators. Finally, in verse 7, he says, let let you dwell in the land and I will let you dwell if obedience is part of your life, repentance is part of your life, is the essential prerequisites for long tenure in the promised land are those things, obedience and repentance. Uh, loss of land, Jeremiah warns, is a possibility so is it possible to make church? I'm talking about your church here in the 2023. Is it possible to make our church an idol? Uh, what are some evidences someone is trusting in church more than in the God of this church? What about focusing on the magnificent buildings and as nice as they are, making them places of worship. What about focusing on numbers, bragging about attendance or such? What about fo focusing on budgets and how God has blessed us and worshiping that more than we do God himself? Focusing on programs, certain types of events, programs, and putting a lot of energy into those things. Focusing on staff, even the pastor. 
Can we be guilty of worshiping one or all of these? So God's command commanded that the people, he says, correct your ways and your actions in verse 5. And so he said they should amend oppressive deeds. They should execute justice. They should be right and fair in all their decisions. So notice that God cares about how people treat one another. We see that in this passage. No matter how clearly God laid out what he expected the people uh, expected the people they continued refusing to listen to him the prophet Jeremiah uh, they thought they could just enjoy the blessings of their relationship with the Lord without accepting the expectations and responsibilities of obedience that came with it in verses 9 through 11 We'll see some specific commands that God gave the people about their sins. It reads, Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and says and say we are safe safe to do all these detestable things has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you but i've been watching declares the lord so the people were breaking God's commands despite their sins. Uh, they still come to the temple. They still present themselves to God. They wrongly thought that keeping all of the rituals would free them from sinful lives. Again, in the notes of the ESV Study Bible, Judah has broken, if you will, the Ten Commandments given to us in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And uh, they have not repented of that. He says, they, they've called me by name. They've, uh, they've delivered. They think they're forgiven because of their rituals, uh, because they are doing good things they feel justified to sin as they did before they came to worship and then in verse 11 he refers to the den of robbers where have you heard that before remember jesus's words in matthew chapter 21 he refers to the den of robbers as he approaches the temple Jesus combines this passage here in chapter 7 of Jeremiah with Isaiah 56, 7, when he gives those, that statement and makes reference to the, den of robbers, to the den of robbers. And it highlights the temple's defilement. 
Here God declares the false worshipers to be violent thieves, dens of robbers, preying on others. Maybe the people thought their sin had gone unnoticed. God's words to the people show that he had seen their detestable acts, dens of robbers. We look at the final section, chapter 7, verses 12 through 15, and we'll note again a warning given about the consequences that people would face if they refused to return to God. Verse 12. Go now to the place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my, my people Israel. While you, were do, while, while you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will not. I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave you and your ancestors. I will trust, thrust you from my presence, just as I did all your fellow Israelites, the people of Ephraim. Notes from the Bible Knowledge Commentary help us to see that Jeremiah pointed to Israel's past to expose the fallacy of believing that the mere presence of God's temple would avert disaster. He asks the crowd to remember the place in Shiloh where the tabernacle of God had first dwelt. We see that in Joshua 18, Judges 18, and so forth. They were to observe what God did to it because of Israel's wickedness. The Bible is silent on the fate of Shiloh, but after the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, the priest evidently fled to Nob, and Shiloh was abandoned as Israel's central worship center. You can read about that in Psalm 78, 56 through 61. Archaeological studies also indicate that the village of Shiloh was destroyed about 1050 B.C., uh, probably by the Philistines. The point of Jeremiah's message was that what God did to Shiloh, he would also do to the temple. If Judah did not change her ways, God would thrust her from his presence, just as he had done with the northern kingdom, Ephraim, in 722 B.C. 
The temple before God's name was a symbol of God's presence. His name refers to his revealed attributes. So the warnings given in God's word are there for our benefit. Situations may challenge over may change over time, but his expectations for his people never do. He desires obedience and true worship. How can we apply these words? Let's listen to God's message when we hear it and the action and act on what he says we should do. We must demonstrate our faithfulness by showing love to all people. Believers must honestly confront their sin instead of making excuses for it. And finally, believers must listen to the warnings found in God's Word to experience true worship. Well, I want us to close by focusing on the love of God. Stuart Townsend writes, How deep the Father's love for us. I'll read the first verse. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He would give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, how the Father turns His face away as wounds which mar the Chosen One bring many sons to glory. How deep the Father's love. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your amazing grace. As we heard this message to Judah, Lord, I pray that we would recognize that we too can be guilty of worshiping the wrong things. May we confess our sin and seek to worship you in all truth and to be obedient to you in our lifestyle. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.